0: Hi there. I'm Dr. Sam Hazelden, founder of Medworld, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Joanna Ward. Uh, Jo's had a rather unconventional career, um, hasn't taken the usual path, so she's going to be interesting to talk to. Um, For a while, uh, she she ran a skin and laser clinic in the UK, then she sold that up and um, set up her own business. So we'll explore that because I think Doctors moving into business—it's something that doctors often ask about uh, and are interested in, um, but it's not—they're um, not always sure how to do it. Um, she also has an interest in preventative medicine, which I think will be interesting to explore because, um, as we know, uh, you know, over fifty percent of doctors are in burnout, and so that preventative approach has got to add a lot of value. And then, just to top it off, um, she recently uh, contracted COVID nineteen. So um, I haven't actually spoken to anyone who had uh, coronavirus, so I think that will be interesting too. So welcome, Joe.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Look, let's start with the most topical piece with the COVID nineteen. How did, how did you contract that? I mean, okay, to put some context, you're in the UK, I'm in New Zealand, so um, um, so people can understand that. That's why it's dark here and light there, but. How did you get, how did you get, contract the coronavirus and and how was that?
1: Well, to be honest, I don't know how I contracted it. Um, Maybe through a patient, maybe through work, maybe through the children's school. I really don't know. Um, I became really unwell in March, early March, which was before our lockdown here. So it was a couple of months ago now, but I was very poorly indeed. I'd actually contracted tuberculosis when I was a young medic. So I have a slight kind of um, comorbidity or pre, you know, kind of um, dispensity for it. But yes, um, I spent 17 days in isolation, um, very breathless, very high fever, feeling incredibly unwell and very anxious and worried about whether I would survive or not, if I'm honest.
0: Wow. So, I mean, it's, you know, for, for those of us who haven't experienced that, you know, it's all out there, it's on the news, you know, here in Queenstown, New Zealand, I haven't, you know, seen anyone or no, you know, well, actually you know, seen anyone who, who, who's been, you know, badly affected by it. So um, very real for you then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things we have to remember as medics is that this can happen sometimes you know it's now my second disease that i've experienced in the line of duty tb the first one was a younger medic and now covid and here in the uk lots of healthcare professionals have contracted covid in fact yeah. we've had a bit of a disastrous time with covid
0: yeah you have i mean it is it is a reality isn't it and i think as as young you know, when we're younger people getting into the profession, we, we, you know, it just doesn't even cross our minds that that's an issue. But, you know, that's, I guess, a reality of, of, of doctors and even, you know, not just the younger doctors. As, as you get older, um, it, it, I mean, it's very much in the psyche of doctors, isn't it, that they, they don't prioritise themselves. That's um, right. We're taught that
1: we are here to serve our community, and we are. Absolutely. But with that, we take risks on a personal level. We sacrifice an awful lot of family life and personal time, both in the pursuit and study of medicine and then the practice of. Mm. Um, and these sometimes aren't things you consider when you're an 18, 19, 20-year-old thinking about going into med school.
0: No, that's right. It just occurred, you know, that, that's a, that same mentality that, causes us not to think about contracting COVID is the same mentality that's probably driving, you know, or contributing anyway, a lot to the the, the burnout crisis that we see in the profession at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, we have the same problem here with burnout. Medic burnout, corporate burnout, personal. I think we're all living incredibly kind of cortisol-driven, 24-7, lifestyles, we're all juggling an awful lot of things, you know, we seem to have more things to do in less time these days. Um We have the wonders of technology, but with that comes some of the negatives too, and we're, it just seems like we're cramming so much into life that sometimes we're forgetting to live. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the burnout issue is is a big problem, because I always call stress, the great saboteur it affects your health your mental health your physical health it can mean that you you don't enjoy your life and you're not getting quality out of your life which would be disastrous really
0: Mm, mm. I mean you know we, we focus on the doctors and you know they contribute so much but as you say it is disastrous for them to not to feel that I guess that zest for life so let's stay on there I mean Why do you think um, uh, that that, that burnout is so prevalent right now, that that it's worse than it's ever been uh, in the medical profession?
1: Well, I can only speak from having worked in the English system because I've not worked in any other system as a doctor. But in England, we have the NHS, and most doctors practice in the NHS. And within that, we have seen over the years a gradual stripping away of funding. Resources becoming more scarce. Morale is lowering all the time. People are feeling less supported. Um, there's more of a divide between management and clinical staff. Um, and you know, some a big crisis like this, the COVID crisis, has really um, put you know NHS workers at the forefront. They, they've been absolutely exhausted and all the pressure's been on them. Again, so some NHS workers have been separated from their families to keep them safe while they're in ITU and on the front line. So, I mean, burnout's a big problem and um, we need more investment. We need more support, I guess. We need, certainly in England, we need more doctors and nurses and healthcare workers. We're having a, a decline in numbers, which is worrying. But we'll never be able to recruit great people if morale is low and if people don't feel that, you know, the sacrifice you make is, is worth it at the end of the day. Mm. There are rather many more lucrative ways to earn a living. We all know that. Nobody goes into medicine for the cash or the money. You've got to want, uh, you know, to help people and to be an ambassador for health and wellness.
0: Yeah, I mean, you speak to a systemic failure, and and I, I would agree entirely. You don't have a workforce where fifty percent are burnt out and say, you know, the problem is the individual. Uh, you know, I, you know, there was a bit of a phase there where pe- you know people were talking about resilience and doctors. Uh, my personal belief is that there are very few people who are more resilient than doctors, and and you know, more resilience is, is, is required as a is a symptom, not a not a cause. And, and I'd agree, it's, it's systemic. But, but given, even though it is a systemic um, failure of a system that puts, you know, stresses, increasing stresses on, on the workforce, um, you know, if we, it, it, I guess for, for, if for individual doctors, if they just say, okay, it's just the system, then that's, that's almost saying there's nothing they can do about it. Um, for an individual, you know, with your what you've learned and, and practiced in, uh, in preventative medicine, Um, you know, in your experience, what what do you think some of the the, the top things that, or or some of the most effective things doctors could do to actually prevent burnout in in themselves within a system that's broken?
1: Yeah, it's broken, but it can be fixed, definitely. Um, I always talk to my patients about stress management. So, you know, I think just simple things like incorporating some meditation into your life is so effective. Um, things like Pilates and yoga, when I started practicing them, they really opens me up to a new way of managing my own stress. Um, and then things like exercise. Exercise is wonderful therapy. So the very things that we're telling our patients to do to make themselves feel better, to bring down their risk of chronic disease, you know, to eat great nourishing foods, to to look after yourself, to manage your stress, to get yourself out regularly for exercise. Sometimes they're the things that when we're busy as doctors, we don't find time to do. And I do think that if you create and find the time to do these things and live a healthy, fulfilled life yourself, it all has a domino effect. And, and, you know, sometimes then you find yourself re-engaging with your practice again and loving your profession again because you realize a new way that you can help people.
0: Mm. You know, I think the hopeful thing that I find with this, in, 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 a, in a situation where it's pretty tough on a lot of doctors is that, you know, when you speak to experts, um, the answer is actually really simple. And it's the fundamentals. You know, To just watch that Michael Jordan documentary on, on Netflix. And, you know, what made him such a great player, I mean, other than the competitive drive, was, was the fact that he spent time on the fundamentals. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd spent longer doing free throws than other players. Uh, and he just became better at the fundamentals. And, 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 it, and it seems like that. I mean, that's the thing with, with doctors and, and burnout, isn't it? It's It's the fundamentals. That when they drop, and 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 it's easy to see why they drop. You know, when you're tired, when you when you just, just haven't got the energy because um, you've been work. You know, you've been doing multiple long days or whatever it is. Um, but when when you take care of those fundamentals, the you know it, it's amazing how, how how the rest actually can follow. It. You know, you know the the, the burnout's more a, is a symptom, not a cause.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you know we have to be as individuals thrown into a crisis moment. To reflect, mm. make changes, and progress forwards. You
0: know, mm. Mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Just thinking about my sort of you know, journey with you know burnout and, and coming out and things, and, and and I guess if if you think about those areas, um, you know, our recent, one of the things, one of our pieces of research we did kind of found that you know of, of decent um, in, uh, not decent uh, interventions or, or practices you Know each one might work with you know, particularly effective with say 10 to 15 percent of doctors. And the problem comes with going, which one is it that I'm going to actually use and which is one that's going to change it for me. Um, and, and my experience was actually sometimes you don't know and you just have to kind of address different ones and get to a point where you go, That was that, well, that turned out to be the one the difference that made the difference. You know, it might be diet. It might be exercise. For me, the bit that really helped was, was, um, was quietening the mind. Um, and, you know, I did all this work around physical health and fitness and sleep and things, but actually quietening the mind was the thing that um, helped the most. But maybe it was because the other things had been addressed already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I do think that as doctors we should practice what we preach um, you know, I'm 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 totally devoted to health and wellness. I've I've written books about it and I, I live and breathe it. But some doctors don't and and you know I think we should, you know, teach our patients by example. We should be an inspiration to our patients. They should want to come and see us because we love what we do.
0: Mm. The, f- the funny thing about that, so I was doing a whole bunch of research into doctor stress and burnout. And uh, this is a few years ago. And, you know, I was, you know, working pretty hard on it. And, you know, I was getting a bit tired, a bit run down. And, you know, I just thought I was working hard, young, young children, all, you know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm, you know, essentially I'm an expert in that sort of doctor stress and burnout. And one day I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do one of those tests, um, the, the burnout test. And I did the test and I was completely burned out myself. And I think for me, that showed me how the mentality of doctors is, is that it's, it, you know, we look out, we don't look in. And it's always in yeah. someone else, you know. And, it, you know, I think that, you know, the stats show that over 50% of doctors are in burnout, but one in two doctors wouldn't acknowledge that. And, and so I think part of the, 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 you know, moving forward and healing is um, acknowledging that there might be a problem. And even, and I would suggest that for doctors, if they have an inkling that there might be a problem, then follow that inkling. Because um, you know, you know, for me, my experience was even though I was fully immersed in the field, um, I missed it in myself.
1: Yeah, easily done. Yeah, because also we're kind of taught to have a professional facade that is you know, uh, in control and knowledgeable and people come to see you for help, not the other way around. So, yeah, I can understand why some doctors find it hard to say, look, you know, one, maybe I'm not enjoying this. What should I do? Where do I get help? Who do I talk to? Because, you know, it, it is difficult. And sometimes it's hard for doctors to go to their own doctor because they're known as you know colleagues or doctors and things so sometimes it can be difficult for us to get help
0: yeah we do like to we do like to project that we're bulletproof don't we
1: (laughs) exactly yeah so so
0: so joe um sort of shifting gears a little bit um you know when you you know we we, we've talked about this burnout and, and and the challenges in medicine you know, you think going back to when you were um, younger and becoming a doctor, like what, what were your expectations going into the profession? And what would you say to the mate, what are the biggest surprises you've had uh, as you as you progressed?
1: Yeah, well, actually, if you asked me back then what I would end up doing, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. That was always right. my dream. My dad's a surgeon, so I obviously got some inspiration from there. And I want—I just loved doing procedures. But the problem for me was that I had or I have three young children. And it became very difficult to juggle hospital life, on calls, family life. Um, and then I developed an interest in dermatology. Loved that. And then I moved sideways. And actually, one day, I just decided that... I was going to give myself two years. I was going to set up a business because I suddenly thought, I think I know what I want to do. And I think I found my calling. And all my friends and family said, you're crazy. You know, don't leave a guaranteed job in the NHS. You've got an NHS job for life, really, in England normally. But I I didn't listen to any of them. I knew in my heart that maybe I was destined for something different and I wanted to give it a go, and I did. So I went to the bank and tried to get a loan to open my first business. They wouldn't lend me any money. (laughs) Um, And so I sold my car and set up my very first practice. And it was a two room, um, well, it was the kind of, the very first part of what became a very large skin and laser clinic. that then eight years later I sold. So that was mm-hmm. my first experience of business and being both a clinician and an entrepreneur.
0: And how did you find that transition? And and you know what what sort of what what surprised you? What what were the what did you have to learn? Or and I guess. What did, you have, what, what did you have to, I guess, how did you have to grow from a mindset perspective to, to take that transition from doctor into, into uh, entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm always a clinician. You, you always are, that never changes. And I was working in kind of dermatology and uh, private dermatology and laser. So I was treating lots of acne, rosacea, acne scarring. So it was still a clinical job. But over a couple of years, I suddenly had twelve employees. I had huge overheads with lots of different lasers on finance and things. But actually, I loved it. I'm I'm self-taught in business. Um, you know, you can you can attend conferences and there's so many amazing business lectures online and things like that. So I did all of that and I soaked it up. I loved it, and the freedom that's come with. For me, working for myself and setting up my own business has just been phenomenal. It's been an unconventional medical career, but I do still practice um, two to three days a week. So I've kind of gone full circle because I sold that first business and then I started a second one, which is my skincare and nutritional range. Um, So slightly different again, but still, still as a clinician developing formulas and things like that, which has been amazing. But oh I've it's the journey's been like this, you know? A lot of learning on my feet. Um but the most important thing is for my team is I'm there's no hierarchy. I surround myself by positive, passionate people. Um, they inspire me, I inspire them, and it's all about the team. It yeah, has right. to be in business, yeah. it's all about the team.
0: Yeah, well that that's it, isn't it? Interesting, just listening to you and I'm just reflecting on. The doctors I know who are in business and who are doing well, and the doctors I know who are in business and aren't doing so well, and to me, a commonality amongst the doctors who are thriving, uh, they they love it, the business side, and so they immerse themselves in educating themselves in business. I'm the same as you, you know, didn't have any training before I set up MedRecruit, um, or then you know Med Capital, Med World. But I was so interested in it that I just threw myself into, you know, learning about marketing, learning about sales, learning about finance, operations, all yes. that stuff. I just, <laughs> I lapped it up. And he's like, you went to conferences and read books and listened to CDs back then. Yeah. Um. But you know, just loved it. And and and, and I think that that's actually just interestingly, um. um because i know doctors have a sometimes have a reputation of not being great in business but it's probably because they, they you know the ones because they're capable of it it's probably because they're not actually super interested in it would you say
1: maybe i mean i always think that anyone that's passionate about anything gets further than someone who's half-hearted you know that's yeah. that's just life isn't it we love people who are passionate driven they excite you and if you're in a business that's got to make sales and is, you know, has a product that needs to be sold, if you don't believe in it, no one else is going to. So mm. I think there's a really kind of contagious energy about things. And I mean, I started my skincare range four or five years ago now. It's now in Harrods, Selfridges. I never could have dreamed that that would happen. But to be fair to me, I've taken risks. I was willing to sacrifice a lot of time. You know, you and I know that when you leave a job that's paid <laughs> and you, you start your own business, you often leave, you know, 40 hours of work and gain 80 hours of work commitments a week in the beginning. So, you know, there's been an incredible personal sacrifice um, for most people who have set up businesses from scratch. Mm. So, you know, you have to commend them. It's, it's not an easy thing to do and there's always risk.
0: Hmm. Interesting point you made there around the passion around it, and I think that's even that's probably even more so important for doctors. Like you know, doctors, as you say at the start, as you said earlier on, we don't get into medicine for the money. We get into it because you know we want to make a difference in people's lives. And and another point you said there is you know you're always a physician first, and and I don't while I don't practice anymore, I absolutely consider my, I'm still a doctor. And, you know, once you're a doctor, you're always a doctor. And I think that passion piece, or you know, that is is, is doubly important for doctors compared to, you know, not to sort of other people in, in business. Um, you know, I sort of – I look at the work we're doing with Medworld and how that then wraps in Med Recruit, Med Capital. And, and for me, that's kind of life work. It's like how do you – how do we help um, shift the culture of medicine so that all doctors are well? Because well, doctors yeah. practice better medicine. and and so I, I you know, I, I guess if you sort of, you know, thinking about it as a doctor who's thinking about getting into business, I think a, a really important part is is to find what is that what is that drive, what is that passion that means that this is something more more for you than just another way of earning a crust.
1: Yeah, and you know, the hard thing for some doctors is they'll realize that they're not fulfilled in medicine. And that they may need to, to do something else to open up, you know, a, a career for them that they do love. Because we all know there's nothing worse than clock watching in a job. Yeah. You know, every single day that I work in my job, whether it's in the business or seeing patients, it's never a chore. I love it. Yeah. You know, every single day I wake up and I think, yay, it's work. Yeah. And I am I realize I'm very blessed to, to be able to live that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a passionate advocate for um, health and wellness. You know, the first book I wrote was about um, our food choices and how they impact our long term health and chronic disease. And, you know, um, I live and breathe health. and, And I think my patients come to me because they know that. And I think it's really important like you that we create a workforce of well happy inspired motivated doctors because I want to go and see a doctor that's motivating me to you know exercise and eat well and you know manage my stress and sleep well and you know we should we should be the ambassadors we should be leading the way mm, and if we're right. not as individuals fulfilled in our careers in medicine there are ways of moving sideways there are ways of doing consultancy posts and things like that. And, you know, I think we've got to think outside the box. Once you're in that career, if you're unhappy, it's difficult, obviously. You've got to be honest with yourself. But there are other career options out there.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's the the hope piece. You know, I agree with you. If you're not loving what you do, and it may be because you're burnt out, so there's, you know, there's address yeah. that first. But if it's because the fundamentals of the role, you know, that you've got a long life ahead, it's a long career, and, and and I, you know, what I love about say what I do is that I absolutely still feel, you know, connected to the medical profession. Um, my, you know, it's like my patients are doctors now rather than um, patients. Mm-hmm. But but I hundred yeah. percent feel like I'm still. But there's still a way to be in the medical profession. With, you know, with, with as you say, with a sidestep. That was one of the, the reasons with, with MedRecruit at the start that I, I set it up because I just, back then I didn't sort of articulate it with well doctors practice better medicine, but I saw so many of my classmates disillusioned, so many people leaving the profession soon after graduation. And I just hallucinated that, well, if you could create a, a um, essentially a locum agency so they could have some fun, live at the beach, make some money. And the key part as well was try out a few different specialties yeah. Um, and sort of depressurize, just give it all, give it a go, and that people would find the what the thing they love because it may not even be a sidestep out of medicine. Off, you know, that was my theory back then. It was like it might be, you know, just a gear shift within the profession. Find what you love. Find the consultants that you know that you enjoy working with, and 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 then you re, then reengage. And 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 I, I just back then I thought I looked at it and said, you know, for a doctor. Taking two to to three years to actually enjoy yourself and find what you want to do for the rest of your life is a good time investment as opposed to just getting on that ladder because I think that's one of the things we get caught up in as doctors is because it is so hierarchical, it is very, very easy to compare yourself and you compare yourself with your classmates. So it's very easy to go, oh, I see Nick's, uh, you know, Got onto the specialty training program, and oh, I'm a year behind. So you start to compare yourself with uh, with where someone else is at, as opposed to running your own race. And I think, you know, for me personally, I think that's a really important part for doctors is to run their own race uh, rather than just you know get get into you know the the climbing the climbing the ladder.
1: Hundred percent agree.
0: So, so Joe, so. you. Sorry, carry on. No, no, it's fine. So, I mean, you've got a you, you do have you have a bunch going on. Um, you you know, three children. Um, you practice medicine. Um, you have a, a business, a significant business. How do you uh, you know? But you know, when when, when I reached you know, when, when we I reached out to, to for this interview, um, you know, responded immediately. We set it up. You know, you, you you It was no problem. How do you achieve a lot? How do you make it happen? Um.
1: Well, over the years, I've learned to be boundaries about what, what work is and what family is. So um, weekends are mine. I try to limit my international travel. My kids are just that bit older now, so they need me around to help guide them. And I figure that's my most important job in life is, mm-hmm. is to be there for my children right now. So when they're at school, I work. I have an amazing team that fill in the gaps and do all of the admin. Um, and then when my family are at home that's their time and i'm engaged with them and that's been one of the most critical things for me to learn because it's a skill is to fully engage with people you know when they're there your family your kids and not be half working yes kids yes kids you know because it's very easy to be glancing at your phone and doing this and doing that and my kids will call me out if i do that they'll say mummy you're clearly doing something, you know, put that down. So I have my work time, I have my family time and um, and a great team. And then there are just some things that come up that, you know, like you, you reaching out that just look fun. Yeah. And uh, especially to talk to a medical audience, because I know that when I meet other medics, they always say to me, oh, my gosh, your story is amazing. You've been so brave or you've taken so many risks and, you know they're interested in how you can have an alternative career how you can create a brand how you can have a skincare company an nutritional company it's just different mm. so um and i i can see that it's different to what most people that i went to med school with um and so i think it's nice to share that journey the highs the lows it's not been easy mm. um and to keep it real and and to maybe inspire someone out there that might be listening you know that, that there are other things that you can do you know or there are ways of making what you're currently doing feel more inspired and happy
0: yeah absolutely you you talk about it being a skill that you learn to be able to you know shift gears when you're at home uh, i was interviewing uh, uh, dr fiona wood who's like australian of the year she on pioneered spray on skin um and and i and something that has always stuck with me that she said is say something of the best of you for those who mean the most to you yeah. how how have you learned that skill? how have you learned to shift gears and and show up as mum um and you know show up as the, as dr war you know how how have you learned to to shift gears when you need to okay, so there
1: was a moment when i had my last business for skin and laser clinic it became enormous very successful but it took all of my time and my my children noticed it you know they were always like mummy you're you know you're always working and um you know husband noticed it you know it really took over my life and when they all reached out to me and said you know look the business is doing great but we've kind of lost you I had to do some really hard reflecting because I was like oh but the business is doing so well but actually you know family comes first and I realized that I had drifted away from my focus on my family and become you know really consumed by work and a workaholic in many ways and so for me what I did then was I started looking for a buyer. I knew that needed that that the time had come that needed to go i needed to be back with the family so i actually sold that business and uh took two years out wrote my first book and was there doing school drops school pickups off work for 15 weeks a year with the kids on their summer holidays Mummy was back Mm. and that was really important but i was very lucky to be able to have that time off um Mm. so I, i i I have been caught out myself by working too much because I love my work. It's easy to become very consumed by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, family comes first and quality time with your family, you'll never get back.
0: Mm. I mean, it, it comes down to the, I mean, what you're saying there, I mean, it's about prioritization, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, and not yeah, sometimes. So carry on.
1: Sometimes you have hard decisions to make.
0: Yeah, but if it's truly a priority, then uh, then you uh, you make it happen, don't you? You can make Absolutely. it happen. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what would you say to a doctor who who you know? Because I know a lot of doctors who would sort of. There's often a year, but um, and, you know around look. Looking after themselves or prioritising their families, even when they want to, there's something that it almost prevents them. And you know, that's you know part of that work I did around um, getting the World Medical Association to include the health and well-being of doctors in the Declaration. And even the Monday Hippocratic Oath was around. You know, there was nothing in there around doctors and 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 themselves. And I and 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 doctors, you know, not all, but a lot of doctors seem to really struggle with actually putting themselves or their families first. Um, what would you say to a doctor who's who's having that struggle, who wants to?
1: Well, it's difficult because we we are driven by a duty of care. We're here to provide um, care for our communities. And, I mean, look at what's happened with COVID crisis. That's really... Um, you know put doctors at the forefront you know people can't take time off they're not even living with their families right now some of them here in the uk because it's just too risky going backwards and forwards from Mm. hospital back into the home some people have been separated from their children for 9 10 11 12 weeks so this is that whole duty of care isn't it is that we've Mm. we we have incredible obligations and you know most doctors are really great people and they've answered that humanitarian calling and they will they will put patients and community and people first. So it's difficult. I think most doctors aren't particularly selfish and they, like you say, they don't prioritize themselves or even worse, maybe if they wanted to, we make them feel guilty. (laughs) Um, You know, so I know as a mum, one of the hardest balances has been, you know, getting that, that, that nice balance between work life and family life and, and not, not feeling guilty when I'm not there for one or the other. Mm. Um, it's very difficult.
0: Mm. I mean, it, it sort of it feels like I mean it's that age old sort of urgent and important. And the problem, I think, you know, for do- so many doctors is is everything is urgent. Mm. Um, you know, they need, and then you know the staffing needs a doctor we haven't got anyone to work the long you know work the work the long day or you know this patient needs you or you know whatever it is there's always something and and that's the challenge where you know if if you sacrifice the important long enough it really starts to it it, it starts to to suffer and 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 I was talking to someone the other day actually about this who's Who's very, very giving, you know, really giving to to the detriment, very generous to to the detriment of himself and his um and, and his uh, partner, and, and and the thing that shifted it for him was when I said to him, you know, you know, your your giving and contribution, if you just take a short term view, um, you'll always give to who you have there, but right now you you know you're sacrificing your long term you know happiness and relationship with your partner who you really care about um because because of that and just shifting to a longer term view you know help them to make a make a shift
1: yeah it's you know i i think like you said we we're, we're not here for a long time it's important that we enjoy what we do that we have a happy fulfilled life in in relationships and i mean i know lots of relationships that have really suffered because doctors have been at work, on call, can't escape, always late, always ruminating over, you know, did I make the right decision, you know, because we take a lot of our worries about our patients home with us as well, don't we? And and if you have a partner that doesn't really want to listen to all of that, you end up internalizing an awful mm. lot of suppressed stress and anxiety from work mm. that can then kind of, you know, eat, eat, eat you up as well. So, um, I mean, I think finding a supportive and understanding partner is one of the most important things that you can (laughs) luck out on, really. Mm. Um, Because someone's going to have to understand that we do have that duty of care and that we all want to go over and above. And we'll always say yes to that one or two extra patients on the list just in case. You know they're the one that might be having the mi or they're the one that might be you know having huge mental health problems and today was the crisis point
0: Mm. so there's a it sounds interestingly this sort of makes me think there's there's very much a middle ground here where you know family understanding what it means to be a doctor because if you don't if you have a family who doesn't understand that it becomes very difficult but at the same time the doctor has to make the um, make the efforts as well. So there is a meeting in the middle, you know, in terms of shifting gears when you come home, you know, your, your mum or your dad or your partner, you know, doing the things that you and only you can do and really showing up for those things um, when you can. Um, yeah. Because I, I think, and also
1: that, I think having some friends that are medics, If you don't have a partner that is medical or interested in any of that, you know, every now and again meeting up or doing Zoom meetings with medic mates, perhaps. Like my dad's a surgeon, so we talk shop, you know, and the rest of my family are like, oh, you too. (laughs) You know, but we talk about interesting cases that he may have seen, you know, um, his special interest is oncology and uh gynaecology which fascinates me you know women's health and things like that so we're always catching up with each other and 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 you know um learning i guess from each other and mm. so if you haven't got that in a partner maybe you know really make sure that you keep up with your medic friends i do mm. i have a group of us mm. that are always super happy to catch up and you know we always end up talking about medicine somewhere in the evening yeah and that's nice to have that Ability to vent and to talk, and you know, to to un, unravel some of those stresses that, if you don't, they can be internalized quite significantly.
0: Mm. I mean, I'd say not, not even if you don't, you know, even if you do have a partner who's very understanding, and, and yeah. you know, um, then you still need that that community of doctors. There's a there's a there's a, yeah there's there's a shared experience there, isn't there, that that goes beyond. Anything yeah. else? I was, you know, last year to start of the year was at a um a funeral of a friend of mine from medical school, and um really sad. He died on the floor in ICU, um, working, and um we were afterwards at the pub um together, and it just occurred to you know standing there with a group of doctors talking, and just it, it reminded me that feeling of safety that you have when you're surrounded by people who understand you, um. And because, because there is an element of no one else will understand you, um, you know, being a junior doctor, out of your depth, making decisions well beyond your pay grade, um, yep. you know, decisions that have good and bad consequences and living with that and, you know, all of that, um, that, that community uh, of doctors is, is so powerful um, to, to, to tap into beyond the, your work interactions. Yes, it is. So, Joe, if you could go back um, and give some advice to your 18 year old self, three pieces of the three best pieces of advice you could give yourself, what would they be?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I think to know your limits. I think as a doctor, particularly, it's very important to be able to say, I don't know this. But someone else that i know might and and to know when you've got to go and find out and ask your peers and and your consultants and your elders because there's so much value in learning from the people above mm-hmm. you um i think follow your dreams as well you know i know medicine is um has a conventional way of unfolding a hierarchy you know we we do certain jobs house jobs and then we you know we go on but. Um, I think somewhere in there has to be passion and dreams. And if you haven't quite found it, move sideways. And like you said, even within medicine, you might find it. So I'm certainly glad that I've had the courage to follow my dreams. Um, And I think the third thing is just kind of, you know, um, fulfilling your own personal health destiny. Because I think if you do that, you become an inspiration for your patients. And you keep yourself kind of living a long, happy, healthy life because health is everything.
0: That's right. Be uh, be a doctor who lives in as as an example, not a lesson.
1: Yeah, as much as you can, anyway. As much
0: as you can within a t- within what is a tough job, absolutely. Yeah. And, and 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 I guess just finally, how would you know? How would you like to be remembered? Oh. <laughs> Big question, that one
1: gosh it is um well i think definitely somebody who um loved life because i do and dream big i'm always teaching my children that i always say doesn't matter what you become just love it just love it get involved put everything you have into it and be happy that's that's all you can do i think
0: well you might you might as well be Joe, um, that has been, that's been fantastic. I've, I've, um, I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of other questions I could ask, but for, you know, you know, doctors are the audience and anyone listening or watching is already almost given 45 minutes. So look, I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed um, hearing your journey and what, you know, I I guess the different mindset that said that, that caused you to explore other paths in medicine. Um, and, and I think that's a, an important piece for people is, you know, you don't have to get caught up in that. You now, here's the prescribed path that you must take. There are di- different ways you can be a doctor. There are different ways you can contribute. And I think, you know, really for me as well, it's a great reminder um, that, that ultimately, you know, all, all of this, this well-being piece comes down to prioritization. And, and not, not just ha- having something as a priority, you know, in your head, but actually living that prioritization as well. Because until we do that, you know, we, we keep putting ourselves to the bottom of the pile. Um, our health suffers, our family's health suffers. But when we make real shifts in that prioritization and, and to, your, to what you, you know, your example, it's not always easy, you know, selling, selling the business. Is kind of a is kind of a radical um, thing to have to do, but if you have to do it, it you know you have to do it. And I, and I think that's been a really great reminder for me as well. And I'm I'm sure for for any doctors listening. And there any final things you know to an audience of doctors that you'd like to say?
1: No, not really. Other than that, to always remember there are options. You aren't stuck if you're unhappy. Explore. There's a whole world out there, and doctors have an incredible skill set most are incredibly articulate you know we have you know we have a wonderful mindset and there's a lot out there
0: thank you joe you're a living example of uh, of that living that passion as a doctor and and i've appreciated our conversation so thank you oh thank you for having me take care you too